Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. Hello and welcome to another Conversations About Light. Hello, hello. Hi Caleb, hi Josh. Last one of the term, hey? The final one for the theme we've been in, Eternally Human. Wow. What a journey. Wow. Mm. I feel cathartic, cleansed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we've dived into the intricacies of what it means to be human. Yep. I think um, I found... That we're very deep beings. There's a lot yeah. to us, more more to us than we give ourselves credit yeah. for. That's the first time anyone's ever said that to me. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was You're actually, a very deep yeah. person. <laughs> right. You are very deep, Josh. Well, now, yeah, we've, we've, for nine weeks, we've answered all the questions mm. anyone could have, really. <laughs> and we've, um, yeah. we've figured out how to live perfectly. Yeah. And now all the We just had to tie a bow on it and yeah. finish yeah. off. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Well, we are in the, the last episode and uh, for this series and uh, we're going to be diving into uh, the topic of shame. Um, but before we do, I suppose maybe a question that I... <laughs> Josh, you're leaning very far from the mic there. I'm trying not to make eye contact. <laughs> uh, a question that I have is, would you rather be a helicopter pilot or an aeroplane pilot? A helicopter pilot, for sure. Yeah? They just feel more, like, awesome. Would you <laughs> Would you have an eject button? <laughs> no, uh. just, just jump out the side. <laughs> I'm not planning on crashing. I didn't, know, I, didn't know we had to, I didn't know we had to crash the vehicle. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just a trick question. Yes. You've obviously yeah. thought about it, yes, so you like passed the test. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, like a black, a black hawk. I'd love black to hawk. Black hawk? Yeah, I can yeah. picture that. Yeah. Sure. Have you seen have you seen um, folks herding cattle with helicopters, <laughs> lightweight helicopters? They oh. get real close yeah, to the ground. The agility is just it looks like such a blast. Wow. But, but just to not be the same as Josh, I'll say an airplane pilot. I, you can be the can same tell. as Josh. It's I'm all right. Say, but they're, they're, <laughs> no, no one can be the same as Josh. <laughs> I mean, they each their strengths though, right? And the yeah. speed that you can get in an airplane, I reckon to go yeah. supersonic would just be awesome. So specifically, what type of pilot then? Oh, it's got to be like... like Top Gun. Fighter jet. Yeah, yeah, Top Gun. Gun. Yeah, it's be Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can probably fly yeah. a helicopter. As, no, he can yeah. be both. But yeah. anyway, yeah. if I'm going to be one, oh, yeah, like a fighter pilot yeah. in, in peacetime because I don't want to yeah. get shot down. <laughs> uh. Is there an obvious one for you, Caleb, which no. you'd want to be? I do like the idea of... Um, a helicopter, but I when I asked the question, I was sort of thinking like a commercial pilot or something like that, oh, which is pretty gotcha. boring. <laughs> so when you said that, I was like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Of course, yeah. like a fighter jet pilot would be so cool. Yeah, get to wear aviators and well, you, <laughs> you actually could, have an excuse for wearing them. You could be Goose for, uh, yeah. for Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people don't just call me Goose because. <laughs> I've actually got a proper reason now. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, anyway, we'll uh, dive into today's reading. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. For if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth 
is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's good. Yeah. So shame, I, I love how this is um, the, the topic that we're ending on because it's something that we all deal with. Yeah. So what's, yeah, a thought from 1 John with yeah. regards to how we should view shame? Yeah, so we were joking about, you know, giving all the answers over the course of this term. And obviously we have Were you We're joking? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were serious. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is good to end and go, um, you know, we, we've discussed these things. We've looked at what the Word has to say on these things. We've heard sermons on these things. We've talked about it in our community groups. We've heard Josh's Pearls of Wisdom at the end of each podcast episode. Have I implemented all those perfectly? Have I done my homework, so to speak, dutifully? And the, probably the reality is no. Mm. And um, even if you have, over the last term, like there's a very small scope compared to our whole lives. So to have, I love that Josh started in verse 8 uh, to say that we'd, we'd be deceiving ourselves mm. um, to say that, and the truth is not in us if we say that we have no sin. Yeah. All sin, whoever is our you know, mentor, discipler, paragon of goodness mm. example sins as well, none of us yeah. by the strength of our own uh, conviction and by the power of our following instruction is good. Yeah. And so the question is, should we all carry shame? Mm. And so what John offers here is that we're cleansed from all unrighteousness yeah. um, in Jesus. What a relief. Yeah. yeah. What a great relief. I think Exactly right, the kind of universality of it, like it's everyone's problem. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, shame is really a big cultural driver, if you think about it. It drives us to do all sorts of things. Oh, you know, yeah. we're, we're driven with shame of embarrassment for X, Y, or Z or the fear of being found insufficient or, or the fear of being caught for something we've done which we, we wish we hadn't. So shame is a huge cultural driver, and it it shapes your daily activity. It'll it'll, um, and then I think not only does it shape you, it can become an overwhelming thing. Yeah, because it's such, such because it pervades almost every decision and everything we're doing, and the presence of sin aids that. It doesn't remove it. It only heaps more more on you. Yeah. So yeah, this is a huge, huge um, thing in, in in every person's life. In a sense, it's a massive cultural driver. And what relief is there? Where where do we go to find shame? And this is what that's what I'm noticing in this text. John is three for me. There's three very simple, very powerful things in this text, and they uh, they're not easily done, but they're very simple and very powerful. It's one if you confess your sin, and that yeah. we've kind of admitted. It. You you have to admit that it's there. You have to go, yeah, okay, I, I understand. Then two, he is faithful. Wow, he is faithful. He cannot be unfaithful. He is able and faithful um, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That little word, all. He is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is that a thing? Oh, oh, yeah, is that wow. what is that the gospel? Yes, it is. Yeah, and so I think that's why there's such hope here for something that's so huge. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, awesome. Shame tells us, mm. um, "Don't look at me. 
I'm not good enough. Mm. Um, stay away from me. Or I, and I, I can't come to you. And our goodness is not part of the equation in terms of as to whether or not we can stand before God. And uh, I mean, it's appropriate that we understand that all throughout Scripture, when when people, when Isaiah stands before, has a vision of God, he thinks he's going to die and he knows he needs to be cleansed or purified in some way to actually continue mm. in his presence. And when Peter sees Jesus perform a miracle in front of him, he's like, oh no, depart from me, I'm a sinner. He understands he's in the presence of uh, holiness that can kill him. And uh, so it's worth understanding that uh, none of us are worthy to stand before God, but also that in Jesus we all are. Anyone and everyone who is in Christ is uh, imputed to be worthy to stand before God. And so what that means is there's no hiding from God. There's no, oh, I stuffed up extra bad today, I can't Mm. come to God. There's no... um, I haven't been spending enough time reading the word. Does is God going to like? Is God no longer looking after me or something like that? Mm. We can sort of shed all of that, and rather pursue God and be in His presence because it is good. Because His word is so lovely. Because His instructions are good. Because He is wonderful and worthy of all praise. Shame, get shame out of the way so that we can just be with God. Mm. That's what He has made possible for us in Jesus. Yeah. I love that distinction that you're making there, Jib, that shame causes a disruption in the relationship with God and it prevents us from freely entering into that relationship. So it is like if shame's holding us back, we need to try and get away from get Mm. away from it or or be released from it in the sense so how does that look? How does that work itself out if if we're feeling or struggling with whatever it may be mm. um, if shame is infiltrating our being how do yeah. we what's the outworking of yeah. that well the negative outworkings have you know are, are obvious in a sense um, the but outworking it in the gospel sense that first simple step I think is really powerful confess yeah. your yeah. sin. And that's for some reason seems to be sometimes the hardest thing to do because yeah. we we feel that the act of confessing will will bring shame again. Do you know what I mean? Right, it's like yeah. this like you're gonna double down on shame. And that's not the case of the gospel. Like the there's nothing you could ever confess that God is one shocked by, like what you did, I've never <laughs> heard of such a thing. God already knew it anyway. And then there's complete sufficiency in in his forgiveness. There's nothing he's going to go. Oh, hang on, Leon. We need to we need to send this up the hierarchy to see if we can get this one approved. Right. There's no. There is none of the. He is the the blood of Jesus forgives all unrighteousness. So there's nothing you could ever say to God that's going to make him balk or worry yeah. or or set him off kilter. His forgiveness is there. So, but the hard part is we. I think we don't intrinsically. Uh, go there. We don't think, oh, that's how it's going to be. Like, oh, this is rescue. We we think it's going to be more shame. And so I think that is that's why that first step is so hard. But on a practical level, it's the it's it's a very important step yeah. to getting confessing. I mean, I think uh, the Bible talks about confessing one to another. I think it's in one John as well. Um, we confess our sins. It's to God, but sometimes to each other helps. So those those kind of steps help. Yeah. I think I would. Also say that you can't remain in just that phase. Like how, in terms of how do we deal with shame, I think people may have confessed things and maybe confessed them a few times 
and still have an experience of, of shame because they're still living under that framework. So it's not as simple as that is what I guess what I'm saying. Mm. We have to also then um, partner with God, believe believe the gospel that he's forgiven. So that's a big another part, believing that we've you know, we are forgiven and that is sufficient sufficiency in the cross. Mm. So yeah, maybe you can speak a bit to that as well. Yeah, yeah. When uh, Mark's brought it up a few times in the sermons as well, this this term, uh, that Jesus says his burden is easy and light. Hmm. And that ease and lightness, he's not asking nothing of us. He's got stuff for us to do. He's got instruction for us. He's got a plan for us. But the ease and lightness comes from um, that it comes from that shamelessness. Yeah. It comes from the freedom that we have in Christ, that we are seen as righteous only in Jesus. What a huge weight to take off our shoulders, even as we put on the yoke of uh, Jesus' plan and instruction for us. What an immense weight comes off when we when we actually go, no, this sin isn't over me anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I've got two thoughts. One is um, I wonder what a community would look like if we are able to cultivate a space where confession was normative. Um, and I think at King's Cross we've done a really good job of that just by practising mm. communion every week and that there's an opportunity to remember and um, confess. And so I think that's that's one great space to enter into that confession. Yeah. Um, mm. But, yeah, so I wonder what how that would change um, our community if this is something we're all practising. And then another another thought which has just escaped my mind. Do us a start oh. the first thought? No, go ahead then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the second thought is um, what Josh said is shame is almost intrinsically linked to belief. So mm. it's like yeah, very good. how do we help ourselves believe? Because I think mm. that's it. We can, we can live without shame if we believe. But if we don't believe, then we live with shame. Yeah. yeah, because we're believing a lie. Yeah, yeah, we believe God won't forgive us, or God won't accept us, or yeah, something like that. Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Or mm. something is being held against us, um, mm. so we can't actually enter into what the the gospel is saying is that we have freedom in Christ. Jesus' yeah. burden is easy; his, yeah, yeah, his it is light, um, but we can't enter into that if we don't believe. Yeah. Um, so my yeah, those are sort of my two two thoughts is how do we create this community of confession and one that is filled with the resurrection hope yeah. and how do we talk to each other and help each other believe? Yeah, well, one of the ways is to grab scripture and go, oh, look, it says it's good to confess to each other. I, I trust you as a brother or sister in Christ. Um, I would like to confess some of my sins to you and uh, enjoy the freedom that comes with that. Because I think those two questions are kind of tied to each other. If in a community we are confessing to each other, then we're sort of uh, practicing and touching that, that freedom that Jesus is offering uh, in confessing and repenting from our sins in him. And the way we kind of build that culture is... Uh, individuals coming to action and us reminding each other in conversation. So uh, 
I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but um, a bunch of the community groups uh, listened to a podcast on confessing to each other and honouring each other. And we did spend some time on talking about spiritual friendships. And we've mm-hmm. talked about that again more recently. And we're talking about it again now. I think as we keep reminding each other, have friends who love Jesus, who you can tell anything to, who you can confess to, and know that they will receive you in a way that is reflective of what we see in scripture, that they will love yeah. you. They will not affirm your sin, but they will not um, have you shackled in it. They will not hang sh- shame over you and they will pray with you and they will share with you in that freedom. And so here's another reminder. Have friends. Point to the script. If you don't know how to start that conversation, go, hey, fellow believer in the word, the word says we should confess to each other. Can we confess to each other? Or can I at least confess to you? And um, mm. just doing it and practicing it uh, helps build that culture and not just build that culture, but engage in that freedom that the word yeah. talks about there. Yeah, very good. I think you, uh, I agree with what you're saying, Jib, and, and what you've raised, Caleb. It, it is a culture that we've hopefully um, improved on uh, over the last while and, and desire to continue to do that. So yeah, it takes a bit of time relationally to be brave and to go there and so and then give a little bit of time to that and, and I think we can grow in it. Um, it's, I mean, I think Ray Ortland says something like um, the gospel, you know, plus plus time. Nice. <laughs> so there's this, there's a culture where it's like we I think as a community that's how you do it well you don't ex- you, someone tells you something and then the next morning you call them and, and like sort of you know well what's your problem how, we spoke about this yesterday but at the same time you don't let go of the gospel like the gospel and hope in Christ can shift and change this can remove the burden can ch- fundamentally change who you are actually because our desires want to do things that are shameful actually. And we just need to admit that. But then allowing the gospel and time to go together as a community is very, very kind and gracious. I don't think that we've, everyone's always experienced that, you know, the gospel and time. I would say many people haven't. And so becoming that kind of community could be amazing. Very good. Mm. And then I, so I love, I love that response and I love how that aims at building not only ourselves up and experiencing freedom in Christ, but building others around us is just beautiful um so the second part is like this idea of belief um and you you mentioned it josh is you 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 can't enter into that space if you don't believe yes the word to be true if you don't believe what we've read to be true that if we do confess our sins one to another he will forgive us um it's a powerful Powerful thought because do you believe that the righteousness of Jesus has been given to you? In you know, when you believed in Jesus, he took your sin and he put on you his righteousness. Now, I can say that theologically, and that's you know, I don't think too many people would disagree with that, but you're right, Caleb. How do I live upon that? And that's very different. All my sins have been, all of them, I simply confess, and and we we don't confess because we got that shame. But you're right, the belief is that like what I just need to do is just kind of get rid of the shame and then I'll be back right. Mm. I'm just going to, what that is saying is I just need to get right. I need to add a little bit of my righteousness, then then I'll be good. And the obvious question is, well, how much righteousness are you really going to add to Christ's? Like anything? So there's a fundamental belief there that trips us up, that we think I'm just going to do something 
to get right. And the obvious when you th- when you put it in that kind of framework, well, what exactly righteousness are you going to add to Christ? It's like, well, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> but we somehow do it. So I guess you're exactly right. Okay, the the belief becomes important again. Believe the doctrine. Yeah. Do yeah. I really believe that I am uh, when I confess my sins, all of them are forgiven, mm. and I am righteous because of Him. Yeah. Uh, not by my righteousness, but by His. It's an, a very important belief, but one we don't live out on the ground where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, yeah sure. Mm-hmm. So th- three practical ways to try and grow in that belief. One is to spend time in Scripture. Um, mm. A couple of weeks ago, Josh gave the example of just like read Psalm 139 over and over and over again to see that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. So if preaching yourself from the Scripture, reading that doctrine and, and letting it, just ingesting it and letting it feed you and believing it. So read Scripture and see that the blood of Jesus cleanses us, all of our sin, all we need to do is repent and look to him. See that that is affirmed in scripture. Spend more and more time in scripture. You can't spend too much time in scripture. Um, Secondly, to pray. uh, When Jesus talks about uh, believing, someone said to him, I believe, help my unbelief. And so there's this there's this difference where we can understand it at a head level, or we can know it's it's good, but maybe we're not quite feeling it or something like that. And we can ask God, help us out of our unbelief into more belief. God answers prayer. God loves for us to make uh, to ask these kinds of things of Him. And it's obviously good. God will help us with it. And the third is um, to walk in community with each other in that as well. Hey friend, uh, can you help me grow in my in my belief of this? Um, can you share to me where you're at? Can I share to you where I'm at? Walking alongside each other. I might just close with one last thought. We've spoken about confess, which is a hard part, but something we can learn to do. Yeah. We've spoken about he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, the, the belief, and that the I love the middle part of that verse we started with. He is faithful. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful thing to remember that just whatever ups and downs we're going through, he's faithful. He's bringing us through. He is faithful to us in every circumstance, in every struggle. Um, what a what a beautiful saviour! What a great saviour! A sufficient saviour. Well, that wraps up our series of Eternally Human. Mm. Uh, It's been a great topic to dive into and just going forward, uh, encourage people who do have many more questions to continue to engage in conversations with the community of King's Cross that you have around you and we are able to journey with one another. It's been a great series and... We look forward to having some more conversations next term. For sure. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having us, Kelly.